Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you listen to this while you're eating. Just kidding. Yeah, as you should. It is. It's our dinner episode. Maybe we should give a warning. I feel like mine's kind of a lighthearted story, but I feel like yours is gonna get dark. So, it, it's yeah. It's it's very graphic. It's messed up. Uh, just if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, just wait for a Christmas episode, I guess, or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, we, that one might be graphic too. Oh, that is worse. But wait for another episode where we talk about like, <laughs> uh, I don't just... know. <laughs> we'll just wait for another episode. Welcome to Scary Mystery Surprise. Where we talk about scary things that surprised us around the internet. I'm Edwin. I'm Michelle. Well, I'm excited. I, you know, it's become a, a tradition now. And you know, I just ate, so it's just spot on. The timing's perfect. So anyway, here's our Thanksgiving special, Cannibals 2 Electric Boogaloo. Nom, 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 nom. I did try and look up some recipes. You know how... <laughs> what? About what? Like Like, you humans? know how it's called long pork or whatever? So I typed in long pork recipes, and then everything that came up through Google was um just like like pot roast easy pork roast easy long pork roast recipe uh long pork casserole you know but it's actually pork it's not human meat i don't know why i'm feeling like very uh did you have pork tacos too or? no but it's just ugh. oh I, I guess i'll just start because i have this little fact about the average human adult provides about 66 pounds of edible meat wow i know that's a lot that's i know that's like fat connective tissue organs skin blood protein rich clots and marrow so that's i mean that could feed a party like you could have that as yeah like a... if you ate a human at a party you're good <laughs> everyone's leaving satisfied you know yeah um, i mean I, I wouldn't eat like liver and stuff like that but you oh know. right right I mean, I, I, I imagine if you were going to eat someone at a party, um, it wouldn't be like the person laid out. I think it would be like Hannibal Lecter style where it's like. Right. Yeah. Know, the proper like way. A, yeah. Like a fancy dinner. Or you could just do a potluck where everybody brings their own, <laughs> <laughs> their own take on, I don't know, some nice bone marrow uh, uh, leg bone this femurs. This is disgusting. This is disgusting. I'm trying to follow along, and I'm just like, I keep imagining it. I keep, you know, my dad's a butcher, and well, he was for like a very long time, and and now he's a trucker, so it's a lot better. But I I remember images of him like getting a large piece of meat to cut it up instead of just bringing it already sliced from the store and wrapped in plastic. It was yeah. 
I remember asking about what these instruments were. I remember the hook. He's like, this is called a hook. You use it to hang meat. <laughs> and, you know, if you're lucky, that was cow meat or pig meat. But, you know, we don't know. We don't know what your dad was up to at that time. That's right. Or why he quit. Either way, I'm excited. I'm excited because it, it, it is one of those episodes that it actually feels like a special episode because it's like it makes me feel nauseous and like really bad. But at the same time, it's it makes me feel something. So, <laughs> And that's always something, you know, like that's always special when you get to feel something in your black, black heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually get to feel <laughs> something. Even if it is nausea. All right, Edwin, the year is 1939. We're in Mussolini's Italy at the dawn of World War II. War hangs in the air. Young men are being called up and drafted into the army. And you know what? You're having an afternoon and you decided to stop into a tea shop. Uh, the kindly old woman who runs the shop is known as such a sweet lady in town. She brings you a tea cake. They're delicious and crunchy, decadent, really. And as you get up to leave, she offers you a bar of soap, fresh from a batch she'd made earlier this morning. What a lovely woman, you think, as you walk down the street. You belch and sniff your soap. What a great afternoon. So I feel relaxed right now. Yeah, very refreshed. You should. You just visited Leonardo Cinciulli's shop. Leonardo was born sometime in 1893 or 1894 in Italy. Uh, she'd always been a superstitious woman and always believed in spells and magic. And she had felt her mother had cursed her for marrying against her parents' wishes. Ooh. So that's like, you know, that's setting the tone. When she settled in Correggio, Italy, Leonardo was able to make a successful living owning her own little shop. Many in the town knew her as a sweet lady and a devoted mother. Leonardo, though she became pregnant 17 times, she miscarried three times and lost 10 additional children while they were young and vulnerable to illness. What? Yeah, so she only had four remaining children. Wait, how many tries out of how many? Like, what's her success rate here? Let's calculate it. So she's pregnant 17 times. Okay. So she has 14 kids. Okay. And 10 of them die. So, so four out of 17? Yeah, four out of 17. A tw success rate of 23.5%. The numbers, man. Well, that's that must be sad for her, though. Like, that's actually really sad. She's very sad about it and also blames this curse that she thinks her mom put on her. Oh, that darkness uh, within that revenge, yeah. that thirst. Okay, okay. But, you know, she was a doting mom. Her four remaining children, she's very protective of them, especially her oldest son, Giuseppe, who is, you know, just the apple of her eye, her absolute favorite. The thing is, Leonardo, you know, she's big into, she believes in fortune tellers. She goes and she visits a fortune teller. And this fortune teller tells her that she will lose every single one of her children before she dies. So imagine her going through that and then being told that by a fortune teller. 
I want to go back to that same fortune teller. Well, no, but I th- but that's like it's going to instill a fear into your mind. And this took a drastic shift towards reality in 1939 when Italian men started being drafted to prepare for World War II. Giuseppe, of course, was drafted. And she's terrified. And so she gets it in her mind in order to protect her son and to protect him from dying in the war that she would sacrifice another human to take his place in the afterlife. Wait. Kill somebody? Yeah. (gasps) Death is satisfied, so it'll protect her son. Where does she get this idea? Look, (laughs) I'm just saying... (laughs) She's into fortune telling. She's all into this curse stuff. She's like, you know what? You know what? (laughs) I'm going to save my son by killing someone else. And then her son still has to go to war? Yeah, he still had to go to war. But he was like, he he went there like all safe. He's like, nothing's going to happen to me. You know, like if you have like a talisman or something, like he's protected. This is the thought. Like he'll be protected because she did this thing. He's all getting into like risky situations and like <laughs> into the line of gunfire. He's like, nothing's going to happen to me. Nothing's going to happen. My mom protects me. Bullets bouncing off of his chest. Like no helmet. <laughs> I don't need this thing. Thanks to my mama. Anyway, in hopes of keeping him alive, she started working part time as a fortune teller. And she found the perfect sacrifices in middle-aged women who were vulnerable and hopeless. Her first victim was called Faustina. She was unmarried and unhappy. She wanted to find a suitable husband. So she went to Leonardo and Leonardo was like, oh, you know, you'll need to go to this town. Uh, The man of your dreams is waiting there, but don't tell anybody where you're going, but send all these postcards telling people that you're okay and that you're off living your life. And the woman was like so excited about this and the good news. And so she basically packed up her bags and stopped by Leonardo's store before she left town to go meet her dream man. And uh, Leonardo poisoned a glass of wine. Faustina drank it, knocking Faustina unconscious. And um, then Leonardo killed her with an ax. Leonardo immediately dragged the body into a closet, later chopped the body up into nine individual pieces. Blood from the victim was then entirely drained into a basin in order to make disposal faster and easier. Leonardo went on to state in her official memoirs, I threw the pieces into a pot, added several kilos of caustic soda, which I bought to make soap, and stirred the whole mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied into a nearby septic tank. Should I be doing this in an Italian accent? As for the blood, in the basin I awaited until it coagulated. Wait, that's like... <laughs> it sounds like... <laughs> like German or something. The coagulated. And in the oven, grounded into a mixture of flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs. It's like the Swedish chef. It's... <laughs> You sound like like an Italian that was raised in like Eastern Europe and learned English. By watching the Muppets? <laughs> there you go. As I waited for wait, should I continue with the accent or should I lose the accent? If if you want, go for it. Go for it. 
<laughs> wow. Thank you for your vote of confidence. Hold, hold on, hold on. Let me show like an official memoir. Yeah, she wrote a book. This is her quote. She wrote a book later. Ah, okay. I don't want to. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Kneading all the ingredients together, I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit. Though Giuseppe and I also ate them. So she did her human sacrifice, but, you know, one human sacrifice was good. However, that's not guaranteed. It doesn't save Giuseppe in the universe. Oh, no. So she has to kill more? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Leonardo's next victim, Francesca Savi, a woman who was in search of employment and unable to find a job in her town, Leonardo instructed her to travel and also sent out the letters to everyone she knew, saying that she'd be fine. You know, mailed the postcards. So Leonardo, of course, drugged and killed Francesca on September 5th, 1940. Being no different than the other previous victim, Francesca's body was boiled and remade into bars of soap and tea cakes, which Leonardo happily shared with neighbors. So disgusting, though. Mm. This is disgusting. Mm -mm -mm. So, you know, two victims are great. But once again, not a guarantee. <laughs> not a guarantee for poor Giuseppe. Not enough. <sighs> a third woman named Virginia, a talented former soprano, came to Leonardo in hopes of finding a future employment. Leonardo enthusiastically informed Virginia that there was a factory job in the town of Florence, instructing the woman to do as she'd told her previous victims, write a bunch of letters, Send them out, but don't tell anyone where you're going before leaving town. And then on September 30th, basically in the same month that she had killed Francesca, she killed Virginia. Just a caveat, as a fortune teller to these women, she had also taken a lot of their money and jewels before, huh. as payment before... Um, before this so that's just like you know sad sidebar this is this is just ugh. but anyway in her memoir she <laughs> she included that she particularly enjoyed consuming her third victim she liked it yeah going into great detail of the woman saying she ended up in a pot like the other two her flesh was fat and white when it had melted i added a bottle of cologne and after a long time on the boil, I was able to make the most acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. The woman was really sweet. Sweet woman. So that's what that means. Sweet woman. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're so sweet. Mm, you're just tasty. like, oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> this is disgusting. This is just... With her third victim, her sister-in-law was particularly worried and needed answers as to where she was, growing suspicious. And it took no time for Leonardo to get arrested. Once in custody, she was quick to confess to the murders because they'd also arrested her son Giuseppe as a as an possible accomplice. So she basically, in order to save his butt, confessed to everything really quick. So he was not involved at all. Well, we don't know. And of course, in a sensational trial, she was put on trial in 1946. So the war is actually over at this point. So she's put on trial in 1946. And Leonardo would go on 
to be deemed the soap maker of Correggio, which is the town that they lived in. So she's known as the, like, she's a serial killer known as the soap maker of Correggio. Wow. So she never seemed to feel any remorse and quoted it saying at one point during her trial, I gave the copper ladle, which I used to skim the fat off the kettles, to my country, which was so badly in need of metal during the last years of the war. So she did something good. She's a patriot all the way. (laughs) I feel kind of bad for her, but also like that mentality of, I was doing something good to protect my family or something. I kind of get it. but well, Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, this story's kind of interesting. And she's like so superstitious, right? Like, so she's superstitious. Superstitious. And um, yeah, not a little stitious. <laughs> superstitious. Leonardo was found guilty of her crimes and sentenced to 30 years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum, which seems fitting. And she wrote her memoir, Embittered Soul's Confession, Leonardo Cinciulli. She passed away October 15th, 1970, at the age of 76. And a lot of the tools she used to murder these poor women uh, and cook them are now on display in a criminology museum in Rome. So you can go see that pot that she boiled some blood in. If we're going to go see a bucket, what was that? Oh, that Ed Gein's thing? Ed Gein's cauldron, which was one of the more scary things at the haunted museum was Ed Gein's cauldron. So it was weird because when I saw it, I was just like a bucket. We're literally <laughs> looking at a bucket. Well, we looked at two stained mattresses. so you, and, and dirt. Yeah, and a lot of dirt. <laughs> but anyway, uh, just like a side note, weirdly enough, her son did survive the war. So, so, (laughs) so it worked. So her plan kind of worked. Although after the war, him and his father were arrested as, uh, you know, conspirators with her. Like they thought that they had must have known something. And Giuseppe confessed to mailing some of the postcards and letters to uh, pretending to be the victims and even tossing some of the body parts into the river. But he confessed to doing that. Yeah. But he claimed no knowledge of murder. Uh, yeah, and both men were acquitted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it feels like you you throw some like a curveball at me, and I'm like, uh, and then you throw yeah. another one, and then another and then one. <laughs> it's like, huh? Okay, well, I guess I'm not quite sure why it was normal to just throw body parts into a river, and like why you wouldn't question that, but. And did he know there were human body Well, parts? and it seems like he enjoyed the tea cakes with his mom. I mean, she said that in a quote. So, like, how did he not know Yeah, that they were eating human yeah. blood tea cakes? I mean, because it's a natural... Like, I would say, like, mm, this is delicious. What's in it? Right? And then because the mom is so, like, just out there, <laughs> she would have been like, oh, there's human, human blood, uh, blood <laughs> in this. And there's... Uh, but, but imagine her just saying it like in the most innocent way. Like, oh, yeah, there's a uh, human blood mm, and sugar and, and chocolate uh, and the uh, mm. milk and some margarine. <laughs> and mm. Pretty sad. Sad story. That's pretty sad. But, you know, I want that recipe. <laughs> okay. The art and science of cooking with blood. It says... Uh, 
pig's blood can replace eggs in sweet dishes, oh. according to uh, Nordic Food Lab. Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. Because it would be a binder. Duh, I'm just, I feel like it's just disgusting. <laughs> That's what you get for eating meat right before yeah. we did this. I just had hash browns and a veggie omelet. Mm-mm-mm. This is disgusting. Why do we do this? I don't, I don't know. know. For the content. For, content, for the show. For the show. Because the people love it. Last year, I, I did the Donner Party. I mean, like I did a uh, like an overview, and I knocked out a lot of the stories we could have done <laughs> by just doing that overview. But it's so um, interesting because like I'd be like, oh, yeah, cannibalism. But then they'd add some line about how they had to eat all their pets. And and then they had to eat people, and I'm like, no, no. There's Robbie looking at you right now. I know, no, Robbie. I'd eat my own toes before I ate you. <laughs> I'd slice my own buttocks <laughs> and eat my own butt before I'd eat my dog. <laughs> look at that guy. Also, he wouldn't taste very good. I mean, look at him. But yeah, like I said, kind of a more wholesome cannibalism. I wonder if listeners eat that, like if they like blood, because I know, I know it's a common thing in like South America, Mexico. It's like a, it's a thing you can eat it in soups too, like when it turns into that you know, jello yeah. texture. What do you call it? You can eat blood, eat it, like as in, and then yeah, I've seen it in sausage. Um, Nobody drinks it. Uh, unless you're a vampire. But yeah. But it, it's the same way. Like when you eat like guts and stuff like that, I'm just like this it's just a little it's a little weird to me. Even seeing that, you know, the poop in the shrimp is to me is disgusting. So like imagine trying to eat something the you know you know that, that stripe yep. of poop in the yes, shrimp. Yes I yeah. do. Yes I do. It's how it's how you know someone doesn't know how to cook is when they leave that vein in there. Ugh. Yeah, I tried it. I tried that poop. And just so our audience knows what we're talking about, if you're cleaning shrimp, they have a little intestinal line in the back that you have to get rid of. If you are if you ever watch Top Chef or any of those cooking shows, it's like the biggest fuck up is to leave that vein in. I ate it. You did? And it tasted like crap, yeah. Well, it's their poop, so. Yeah, I ate shrimp poop. And it, it, the, the the taste lingered in my mouth. So, <laughs> ew, ew. Yeah. And I was eating paella, so like... Well, that's funny. I ate a seashell when I ate paella for the first time. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you mean you ate the seashell? You actually Cause, ate Yeah, because the... no one... I just thought it was part of the... Oh. <laughs> I was in high school and no one told me anything. Like, I just was like, oh, well... This is just Michelle, part of I, need it. To, I need to get you to try tamales. I, I'm just curious to see how you're going to eat it. No, I know how to eat a tamale. You don't eat the wrapping. God. I know how to do Dang that. Dang it. Okay. To eat it like a sandwich? <laughs> no. Paella. The paella incident happened. I hadn't ever been abroad before. We were in Spain. <laughs> No one told me anything about paella or what it was even. Did and you chew it? Yeah, I chewed it. I ate it. I ate the seashell. I yeah, it was a clamshell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just love that everyone's forgotten about you eating shrimp poop and now we're all talking about me eating a seashell. 
I just am like, why didn't they tell us how to eat it? Like, I just assumed because it was on the plate. Like, I'd never seen a dish with seashells on the plate before. You know, like that kind of moment where you're just like. Uh. Did anyone see you eat it? You know, probably. <laughs> how did you find out that you're not supposed to eat them? Uh, well, it was pretty bad. So I just. <laughs> You know, it definitely was bad. Uh. Oh, man. <laughs> Ter- this is terrible. <laughs> Jeez. Are you ready? You know, Michelle, I'm ready. I'm ready, even though it- this is super, super okay. short. Like, I think this is the shortest one ever, but it's going to make up for it in disgustingness. For the sake of tradition, here's what I got this time. We're gonna transition. I'm gonna make this transition from penis to to all the way to cannibalism. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna let's see if I can do it. Okay. Again. <laughs> all right. Let's try. Let's go from penis to cannibalism. Everybody's favorite transition. North Hollywood. Beep 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 beep. Los Angeles. The police get an emergency phone call and show up to the scene. They find a man on the pavement. He has jumped out of the second floor. But there's also a ton of blood around the crotch area. Oh no. Oh no. Andre Johnson ended up all over the news because of this, by the way. Uh, Because of his affiliation to the Wu-Tang Clan, which is a rap group. And um, it's... I I know. I'm hip. (laughs) But I think that's the only reason why it actually ended up on the news like like why was that big um his stage name was uh was it christ bearer so this was big news because of that but he didn't actually try to kill himself this is where we're getting a little a little more graphic because he was high on pcp he went to the kitchen he grabbed a knife and cut off part of his penis and then jumped out the second floor. So he did that in that order. First the cut, then ran out. How did we end up here? Are you asking that in general or was that part of the story? <laughs> it's part of it, but it's just, I was watching you like, <coughs> I felt like I could have used that as a Thanksgiving, like kitchen, you know, because Thanksgiving is very oh, kitchen yeah. And yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the knife there, I'm like, oh, I could have done that. The thing is though, he was really frustrated because of his, you know, personal life. There were things that he, for example, he couldn't see his kids because, you know, marital stuff. And he said that he had a vasectomy on his mind, right? Kind of like floating in there and then add the drugs in and he's like, vasectomy? Huh. So he described, you know, he described what it felt like to realize what he just done after he did it. Um, he said that his thing was leaking blood, quote, like a water hose. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. So. Oh, God. This, this poor man. It's, yeah, it sucks. But um, I did see, I did watch one of his interviews and he was like, he, it's, he's just, it's really out there, man. Like he, he's just very, he was like, well, you know that thing they say about black guys, it's not just mythology, my man, or something like that. He's like, there's still stuff there I can still work with. Like he left part of it. Like he didn't cut it all off. Um uh, Oh, God. For some reason, that's, like, way worse. Like, it, 
the idea of seeing that <laughs> and it being this like a half penis. It's just yeah, like the like uh, it's uh, it's. But anyway, the the issue here, right? We're getting into PCP, which is a, a hallucinogen. But this drug can do more than make you cut off your genitals. It can apparently. <laughs> That's the best dare argument I've ever heard in my entire life. Why oh, didn't they I do can, that? I can top it right here. What's worse than cutting off your genitals? Hmm. Well, it could apparently make you cut off your face and feed it to dogs. Oh my God! Yeah, so I, I won't go into too many details of this story because it's um, right. Uh, except you that's just all you. That's all there you need to know. All you need to know. Yeah, it, it was supposedly published in a book about um, it's like a, a medical uh, like records that weren't published. Like they they supposedly put it put it in a book. Um, it was about a black male in his late 20s who used a broken mirror to cut up his face. He actually also dug out his eye, dug out his eye, his ears. He took, cut, up, cut, up his, cut off his ear, uh, nose, and fed them to his two dogs. And just, by the way, this might be just an, this is, this is why I think, like I say supposedly, right? Because... It's one of those, you know, those memes that pop up with just like an image and like a little description. Sometimes you see them on Instagram. It's just like you see a picture of like, I don't know, uh, uh, an old. Uh, uh, here's one like old skeletons, like a big, huge, enormous skeleton. They're like giants were discovered in ancient Egypt or something. It turns out it's fake. But like, right. But this one was like this. Just imagine a face without skin and the muscle is just kind of like, eh, like that. Like uh-huh. there's an image like that. It's very graphic. And at the bottom, it says the story of this guy. But that's why like, I was thinking, oh, this is fake. But then I started looking it up on, you know, Snopes uh, fact checker thing. Um, turns out they can't say if it's true or not because they found stories about it. And people that claimed that, yeah, I was working at that hospital. Like when they talk about this medical case and the investigation that went on and that, yeah, they saw him and they would call him the man without the face. And also um, the procedure to get his to try to repair it or cover up his um the face and put muscle back in there uh supposedly was made but that to me i don't know i don't know much about medical stuff but it was they said that they were able to use this procedure where like they take a flap out of another part of your body and kind of put it on until your that part accepts it and then they you know cut it off and repair the rest it's this complicated thing but it's still it sounds very hard to believe um no, I mean honestly, now that you're getting into the medical stuff, I'm like, yeah, this sound because that all that weird like replace your face, replace your limbs, science is all kind of yeah, so it's bizarre like that. Yeah, so very... um, yeah, so it's like that part. I'm like, oh, that actually sounds like it really happened. <laughs> it might not have been because of that, but uh, who? So this was because Correct. this guy did PCP, and so that's he... the story. Yeah. And we're going to get just a little bit worse before we get better. Um, this is just to tell you, like, the effects. Of, this is why you shouldn't do drugs. Here's a creepy. <laughs> here's another creepy way to snack. All right. In 2009, 
Um, by the way, this was the previous story was a snack for the dogs. The, uh, I'll try to tie it in. It didn't work, but we'll leave it because it's such a, it, to me, it was so. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly he was thinking about feeding That's his dogs continue. when he took the PCP and then it didn't connect that that was like yeah. your body. Uh-huh. Um, but in 2009, this is really sad. This is really sad. Uh, 34 year old. Uh, Angel Vidal Mendoza bit out one of the eyes of his four-year-old son and mutilated the other. He was charged with mayhem, torture, (laughs) child cruelty, inflicting an injury to a child. And just, uh, it's terrible. Um, And in the warrant, and this is heartbreaking, man. Like, ah, the child, the report said that the child said, my daddy ate my eyes. Oh my God. Because of PCP. Witnesses told the cops that they saw a man in a wheelchair, which is turned out to be the father, this guy that, you know, bit the eye of his son. Um, this guy in a wheelchair was in the backyard of a nearby home, hacking his own legs with an axe. Jeez. And he was arrested, obviously. Like, he was arrested. Um, looking into the rest of the story, the the, the whole thing was messed up. The mom was also into um, PCP and, you know, the Child Protective Services. They they were blamed for not taking care of this matter before because they had probably gotten complaints. Um, but anyway, don't do drugs, right? But that involves this, this upcoming story with this is, it's probably one of the, it made headlines. It was a big, big case. The location here is East L.A., April of 2002. Elisa Allen saw a man running naked down the street, covered in blood. She went to her neighbor's house, the apartment of Tanisha Isays, who was dead in her apartment. Oh, shit. And not just like, just dead like, oh, you passed out, but like she was bloodied on the floor in this just it's just gore this gory scene so she screams she's like ah she calls the cops and turns out that the story behind it this guy who did it who was the suspect the main suspect in this is antron singleton um he was a rap artist and he would go under the name but big lurch he was tall so that's why he went after you know his name lurch like from the adams family uh, but he was living the typical rapper story, trying to make it, right? Like, which sometimes is very tragic. Like, you're involved in gangs and drugs, and you're not making a lot of money. Uh, you're trying to figure it out. Uh, but then he got a, a few breaks with other rappers, and um, he ended up joining the group Cosmic Slop Shop. And, it, I mean, it didn't last very long. But either way, he was like, I want to be a rapper. I want to make this work. When Big Lurch was 24... He was in a car accident because a drunk driver hit him and he broke his neck. So with a broken neck, he was in pain. Obviously, he had, you know, had to, he had issues, you know, walking and like trying to get back into it. It was just pain. It was just pain that he would experience. And that's when everything started. He was put on pain meds and uh, he became addicted. He actually ended up smoking PCP with... Um, Thomas Moore, which was his friend, and his girlfriend, Tanisha, which is the one that was found dead. 
in one version of the story, like there's several ones that I've read because obviously the story is not, I'm not going to I don't want to say that it's developing because it's not a developing story, but there's several theories behind it. The thing is that there are some, some things that make me question, like what, what really happened, right? Um, anyway, in one version of the story, he was out at the, at the party with uh, Thomas and everybody getting high on PCP. And next thing he remembers, he woke up two weeks later in jail. What the fuck? That would be terrifying. Like to just. Oh, man. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, and that afternoon on April 20th, when, you know, when he was running naked, um, some another version of the story says that he was he went to his house. He was out of drugs and he was really pissed. He was like, I need drugs, you know. So uh, he that's when he got to Thomas's apartment um, to get more PCP. But only Tanisha was there. So she was like, well, what happened? What's up? Or whatever. She, he, that's when he went in really angry, killed her. And this is, it's hard for me to say because it's really messed up, but he supposedly killed her, like stabbed her, opened up her chest cavity, opened it up, like as in the ribs and stuff, like open, took out the, like one of the lungs and ate it, ate it. And where it just started chewing on it. And yeah. It was a right lung, if that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder, I'm like, the sheer force of opening up a rib cage, like, that's crazy. I mean, I know I'm everything in that whole sentence is crazy, but like. <laughs> I guess yeah. I'm just hung up on the sheer force that that would have taken yeah. to do, and then to just go to town on a on her right lung. Yeah, is uh... yeah, and that's when he took off his clothes and ran out. <laughs> I just it's random, right? But I mean, he's he's high, so yeah, he took off his clothes and he just ran out of the apartment, and that's when yeah, Lisa saw him and you know went in and, and saw everything. When Antron was examined. By, you know, once he was he was arrested and taken in, they found pieces of human flesh and blood inside of his stomach and they were matches. Like it was a match for the victim. So there was it was proven that definitely there's part of this person's lung and blood in you. So he was convicted of first degree murder, torture, aggravated mayhem. But um, he's now serving a life sentence without the chance of parole. And that's when, OK, what, when you start thinking about how this works and i looked into pcp and how that how, how it works but two weeks on a trip like that high it's pretty bad like it's how is that even possible right and if he yeah. would he be able to capable of killing somebody and eating somebody like it's it's i don't know but either way he, the loops loophole like not loopholes um holes in the in the story started kind of popping up and i guess in the whole like the people that were accusing him like there was stuff with the lawyer we won't get into that you know i hate that stuff but the lawyer supposedly was uh, not affiliated but like working with somebody from a gang that was opposing to what this rapper was in oh i thought you were gonna say, honestly his lawyer was working with big cannibal and they were really <laughs> had an agenda it's all corporate all it's all connected <laughs> big cannibal the way that he tried to defend himself was saying the lawyer was like hey just say you're insane you know claim insanity yeah. like 
but it turns out that when you voluntarily take a drug, at least in California, and you commit something, like it's not enough for a judge to oh, say, oh, interesting. You, know, you need to have at least one other thing, like mental, something mental. It needs to be either somebody forced you to do it or or I don't know, without your knowledge or something else needs to be there in order for a judge to consider it. And but the lawyer was like, no, I'll just do this. And some of the story, the you know, parts of the story say that maybe he, maybe the lawyer had his own agenda or maybe he just wanted to move on with the case to go work on something else and just wanted to close it. And, and some of the arguments that the rapper made for himself was like at the party, he claims that people were just kept giving him more and more uh, PCP, like just kept giving him more and more and more. And that's why, like, he w was out for that long. Because it didn't sound like something that you would do for, I mean, two weeks that you don't remember anything. Uh, or maybe I he mean, was, I don't I, know. You know more about drugs. I do know more about drugs, but not PCP. And I blissfully don't ever want to. It's terrible. And, you know, like, even during the, the jury, the the... One of the things they brought up as evidence or just kind of a, a supporting thing for the case against them were some of his lyrics. It says, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Freddy Krueger, Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson, and all of your friends, I'm finced to school ya because murder's a hobby. I'm using a torture chamber and not a Ruger. So if you wake up in a puddle of blood, N-word, I did it to you. So he had that going in his mind. Is an unpublished, yeah, is it, yeah, yeah. It was an unpublished record, like it wasn't out yet, but yeah. Um, and then it says, another one that they used was, when I was born, the doctor twisted up the facts. He said that I was a devil's son, so now I'm having flashbacks. The preacher almost drowned dead me at baptism, so on the six-year anniversary of my birth, I had to get him. So, yeah, he had that on his mind. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the theme throughout this. Is that, like, whatever's on your mind when you do PCP, it's going to come out. So, like, Jesus. In the weirdest way. Yeah, it's it's terrible. But, you know, also interesting in, the, in part of the case, the mom of the victim forgave him, visited him in jail and said, I know you didn't do it. And the reason here was that she claims that the, her daughter was having issues or was having problems with her boyfriend, right, at Thomas, and um, that he was about, she was about to leave him, and she suspects that it was Thomas, the one that killed her, and that Big Lurch came in, saw a piece of meat on the floor, and <laughs> ate it while he was high. He was tripping. That's her explanation. That's a ah, that's a big stretch, but you know I appreciate her like trying. I guess um, there's a lot of things that would have had to happen. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> the fact that Big Lurch just wandered in, ate a piece of lung, took off all of his clothes, and then ran down the street. <laughs> yeah, another thing, the pictures that that you see of when he was you know taken in, uh. They don't show him like full, like covered, covered in blood. He has blood on him, but it's like, is it, if you see it, you're like, eh, it's not like he wasn't covered in blood. Like, you know, also they say that they found footprints that didn't match 
either like oh. people that or his or you know so it's like maybe someone else did it also uh, she says that they didn't consider the dog that was there which is i think was a i don't know if it was a pit bull or some or you know like just a strong dog that it wasn't considered in there so it's like i mean why would she want to defend him i don't know, I don't know but, but also like he did have her lung in his stomach so like there's crime that did take place there uh yeah is it illegal to eat human i don't know i think it differs from state to state unfortunately I was looking <laughs> what at, states allow i don't know Just... i was looking at that because like uh someone in new york or no it was london was doing some sort of weird thing in the 70s where they were eating they ate like um i don't know it was like an art project almost um but they ate like oh they ate tonsils and then they ate um something else that's like an optional thing that people have and get rid of um it's it says cannibalism is legal in 49 states where is it illegal in idaho in idaho is uh against the law <laughs> really why is <laughs> I mean, I'm on Reddit, so I'm trying to figure out yeah. if this is real or not. What? Okay, this is disgusting. Well, but... I guess it would be desecration of a corpse or something. You could still punish people. You could still go after them. Oh yeah, you you find some 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 law thing in there and still go after them. But also, um, you know, when they asked them, like, what? what happened like mm -hmm. what were you seeing like what happened he said <laughs> this is so this is weird but he said that he thought that the world was ending and that he needed to find and kill the devil he did it right he shouldn't have said that like he no just he himself. did it he did it so um. all these theories of him thinking that the devil was inside of that woman was you know they were just everywhere because oh so that was the intent you wanted to kill the devil well it turns out that if you thought that the devil was in this inside then you killed her and and plus these lyrics though like come on like it's just it was are... on his mind that's all it's like i don't doubt that he probably wouldn't have killed her if he was on pcp but all that stuff was on his mind and then pcp put him out of control so yeah so i just wonder like what's on my mind if i'm always writing all these scary stories and you know maybe be careful just you know pcp can be laced in a cigarette it can you can take it and not know it you know scary mystery surprise cares about you make sure you consent to taking your drugs and uh do them safely and when things aren't on your mind don't eat your neighbors and just just you know be responsible but Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Edwin, what are we going to talk about next week? I don't know. I think it'll be a surprise. Yeah, it will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>